When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham, right here on Talk Radio. Live streamed on YouTube, live streamed on Facebook, and of course, live streamed on Twitter as well. It is another glorious day, ladies and gentlemen, in the Independent Republic, as we get news that our listening figures are rising even faster than ever. And we're still the fastest growing radio station on the planet. We're up 43% year on year, and people are listening for longer. That means they like what they are hearing. It just goes to show that common sense is indeed popular. And I'd just like to thank all of you for joining the Independent Republic in ever-increasing numbers. We know you love it and we even love those of you who listen because you hate it so keep it all coming please it's all made possible of course by the great team effort from the great team behind the glass viral sensation Marta Malagon uh, musical genius Mark Gale and Cop 0344-499-1000 is the number. Coming up this morning, we've got a bit of a problem, though. Apparently, town halls up and down the country have been instructed to fly the Union flag to honour Prince Andrew's birthday later this month. And there's quite a few who don't want to do it, and I think I'd be one of them. We'll be finding out just how many other idiotic instructions they get from the government and how many times they're also asked to fly the flag for various royal birthdays. I didn't realise we were still living in sort of feudal Britain, to be honest. 0344-499-1000. We'll be getting the help of Charles Ray, uh, former royal editor of The Sun. Uh, to talk us through exactly why the royal family expects us to celebrate their birthdays. Coming up later on, Dr. Rakeep Hassan is here from the Henry Jackson Society. We'll be talking about the stress of terrorist de-radicalisation programmes and what next for Boris Johnson's legal changes. How are we going to fix the problem that we currently have that these dangerous terrorists are allowed out onto the streets of this country to reap uh, absolute and utter mayhem? Plus, the wine bird, Helena Nicklin's coming in with some gin for us to taste a little bit later on. Uh, that'll be just to celebrate nothing at all. Apart from the fact that it's Thursday, February the 6th. Maybe we'll celebrate our great listening figures. You're listening to me and watching me, Mike Graham, right here on the fastest great radio station in the entire world. It is, of course, Talk Radio. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. Now, sometimes you see a headline in a newspaper and you just think, that's brilliant. And there's one on the front page of The Sun today. Union joke, it says. Exclusive government order. Town Hall are supposed to fly the flag for Prince Andrew's birthday. Let's talk to Charlie Ray and find out what is going on out there. Charles, very good morning. Good morning, Michael. Now, I had no idea that town halls were supposed to be instructed to fly the flag for various members of the royal family just because it was their birthday. Did you know they did that? I, I knew they did it for the Queen and Prince Charles. Um, their birthdays are marked. I, I 
and if it's happened for Prince Andrew, it's one of those events, you know, before I, I paid no attention to it. And so I wasn't aware that Prince Andrew was supposed to be on some list of royals. But to be perfectly honest, whoever has sent out this email to the councils really needs to be it really is absolutely incredible isn't it because here's the list right apparently uh this this all comes by the way from uh, somebody who calls themselves the uh, the permanent secretary of ministry of housing communities and local government uh, dame melanie Dawes. apparently uh, now according to uh, this list that i've got here it seems extraordinary to me 9th of january birthday of the duchess of cambridge 20th of january birthday of the countess of wessex 6th of february her majesty's session, 19th of February, birthday of the Duke of York, blah, 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 it goes on, uh, St. Patrick's Day, birthday of Her Majesty, fine, St. George's Day, official celebration, Duke of Edinburgh, Duke of Cambridge, Duchess of Cornwall. The one thing I can say happily is I don't see any sign of a flying of the flag uh, for Harry and Meghan, so I'm pleased about that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's also true, but uh, this is not just about flying the flag, we're, we're talking about Andrew, who's embroiled in one of probably... The biggest sex scandals, even though he's denying anything uh, at all, one of the biggest sex scandals we've seen uh, for you know a, gener a generation. Yes. And to actually turn round to councils and say, "Fly the flag in honour of this man," is a slap in the face to all the victims of uh, Epstein. Yeah. Um, and and you know everybody who's suffered at the hands of this monster. And you know Prince Andrew is still around not answering questions from the FBI as to his involvement. They only want to see him, let's be fair and clear about this, they only want to interview him at the moment as a witness yeah. as, uh, as to what he, he himself saw that may have been going on. It may well lead on to something more serious, we, we don't know. But unless he makes that meeting and has a chat with the FBI, he's going to be tainted with all this Forever and a day. Forever and a day, exactly right. But I'm kind of confused as well about the Queen's role in all of this because we told we were told that he was taking a step back, basically, that he might have his royal protection um, sort of squad taken away from him. Uh, but we then saw the Queen over the Christmas period actually bring him back out again, didn't we? Well, he, he was with his mother at, at Sandringham and uh, you've got to, we've got to remember she's not just Queen, she, she is a mother as well. And, you know, as we've seen with the recent... Uh, killing of the terrorist in Streatham. You know, his mother said, well, what, what a nice boy. Well, that, that's what most mothers will say about their errant sons in any case. Um, so I am not surprised that the Queen is, is seen in well, a sort of semi-public, semi-private event with uh, with her, with uh, with Andrew at all, um, but it still doesn't mean he he's protected. It still does not mean that he's 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 not got questions to answer. He's got a huge amount of questions to answer on all this. Yeah, absolutely right. But also, as you and I, I think said the last time we spoke about this, you know, this is a guy who, when he gave his interview to Emily Maitlis, basically said, you know, I will take legal advice, and if the legal advice is to talk to the FBI, then of course that's what I'll do. So I can only conclude now that he's maybe been given legal advice not to talk to them. Well, that's exactly what I'm concluding as well, that the legal, the legal people are saying, mm, you know, maybe, which again leads to the suspicion he's got something to hide. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all nudge, nudge, wink, wink, oh, well, he must have done something. I mean, I keep on saying he is denying everything at the moment. But we, you, me, members of the public, you, your, your listeners, my, my readers, still are still saying it's got to be something there that he's trying to hide, that yeah. he's trying to keep covered up. And this is what 
is not going to do him or the monarchy at the end of the day any good. No, and also, I mean, you say he's denied everything, and yes, he's denied certain things. He's he's kind of avoided certain things. For example, one of the main accusers uh, who's been pictured with him, uh, basically, so he says mm. he doesn't remember meeting her. He doesn't say no. that he didn't didn't meet her. He just doesn't remember. No, he hasn't actually physically been asked the question, which I'm sure will be one of the number one questions that the FBI right. will ask: Is did you sleep? with this woman, or did you sleep with any woman while enjoying the hospitality of this Epstein character? Yes. And were you, in fact, at this house at that day, on that uh, on that hour, because that's what this person says you were? And if you weren't, you may have to prove to us that you weren't there. Exactly. But we, but we also know he has been at that house because we have a picture of him you know, opening the front door and saying goodbye to a, a woman who's, who's, who's leaving. Yeah. And... Uh, and so we know that he's he's involved and has has been involved with Epson. He has admitted that, but it's the other part of it, which we do not know what exactly was his role in all this. And it's all a bit nasty and messy. Yes, it's not very nice at all. And as far as the whole kind of um, royal family cavalcade goes, I mean... It's not the greatest of years to start waving flags around uh, because of a great job that they're all doing, is it? No, not no. You know, I mean, even the Queen herself has, has, has talked about, you know, uh, you know, having had a bumpy year. You know, she's in her bitch. Well, it's got a lot more bumpier since, since then. We're only in February. I know. Well, this is the thing. I mean, you dread to think what's coming in the rest over the course of the rest of the year. I mean, we've seen William uh, and Kate uh, behaving pretty well so far, although William, I thought, rather unwisely started to throw himself at the diversity conversation when the BAFTAs were on, which I didn't think was the greatest idea he'd ever had. Um, and we're still waiting to see what's going to happen with Harry and Meghan. Well, that's right. And they seem to have disappeared in Canada somewhere. I mean, I've been speaking to a photographer who's been, you know, near, nearby for quite a bit of a while. Uh-huh. And they haven't been seen at the place uh, that they're supposed to have been at. They, they seem to have just disappeared now. Well, maybe they've so gone somewhere else because everyone knows where that was. Well, absolutely. That, that, that's the only conclusion you can come to. And to be perfectly honest, uh, you know, they're now on the back burner. They're no longer part of the, you know, the, 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 the daily royal family scenario and everything else. And, you know, that, that we're not going to hear all that much news about them. But we're still talking about them because they've still got the Sussex Royal brand and, you know, they're, they're, what they're going to do, how they're going to earn their money. This is, this is all these big questions still need to be answered by them as well. Well, that's right. But also, we still see these stories uh, drip, dripping out of the, of the press because not only, of course, last week did uh, Prince Harry and Meghan lose their, their fight with the Mail on Sunday over that picture of the elephant, which mm. they said had been tethered, and it turned out that they sued on the basis that that was a wrong statement. And it was entirely correct. Mm, I mean, I don't understand what they're thinking. Why on earth would they knowingly sue a newspaper over something that they knew the newspaper had got right? Well, exactly. And I'm being told that, and I'm sure you know as well, that the Mail on Sunday are, are, are standing firm on this, this new court case that's coming up involving yeah. the letter that was, uh, that was sent to Meghan's father, Thomas Markle. Now, he is going to appear as the main witness for the mail on Sunday, if it actually ever goes to court. Yeah. And that is going to be the case with the century, really. Yes. Well, it really is. And, I mean, a- apart from all of that, then we saw the story, I think it was the weekend, was it the weekend before last or this weekend, about how she's thinking of making a cameo appearance or two uh, on a reality TV show called yeah. Second Weddings. I mean, can you imagine anything worse? Oh, that she starts what? wandering about, telling everybody what they should be doing, because you know what will happen next. She'll go, we've got a surprise behind the curtain, and they pull the curtain back, and there's Prince Harry. 
And, 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 you, and you, I, I saw that story and I looked at it and I thought, I cannot believe that this, this is true, that, that she's actually thinking of going on some mediocre reality show yeah. in, you know, in, in the States. And it just seems, seems and sounds so tacky. I mean, I just cannot believe that her advisors, these people that she's supposed to have in, in, in um, Los Angeles, are saying that this is a great idea. Yeah. Um, I just hope it's not. I just hope it's not true, and I hope that she does not go down that road because she's going to get another bucket load if she does. She absolutely is, yeah. And I mean, the Queen obviously uh, continues to to do her duties. She will continue to do, I guess, less this year than she did last year. Do we see um, uh, any sort of sign that that Prince William and Kate are going to have to pick up the the baton, as it were, and do even more? Well, I think we've seen signs of that already. I mean, they they've been performing very, very well just lately. They, they had the BAFTAs, they've been up in uh, South Wales, they've been up in Yorkshire. Uh, they are going, and, you know, they are becoming more and more popular. When, you have, when you've taken away Harry and Meghan, who were, let's be fair, they were popular when they turned up on, on events and, and jobs and everything else. You know, but Kate and uh, William are, you know, taking up the mantle, and they're, they're doing a fine job. And let's just hope and keep our fingers crossed that he doesn't, and she doesn't do anything wrong, uh, and they carry on doing what uh, what they're doing now, because I think they're doing very well. No, exactly right. Now, the problem for this flag-flying story, a great story that's been got by uh, Stephen mm. Moyes and Emma James in the Sun, mm. um, I mean, once this is out there, the genie's kind of out of the bottle, it'll take, I imagine, a quite, it'll take quite a lot of hard work to get this kind of reversed, because one of the things that I've been led to believe is that the replacement or the, the hoisting of flags in any situation is actually quite expensive. Yes, it, it is. But of course, I should imagine, and I'm sure you'll know as well, Mike, that uh, most news desks will now have pencilled in February the 19th uh, for, in, their, in their diaries for their picture men to go up and down the country yes. and look at the top of town halls and see which, which councils are actually flying that flag on that day and which councils have decided... Not to. It'd yeah. be interesting to see if any of them actually fly the flag at half past. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, you've, you raised an interesting point, actually, because I wonder, because you know how there are some recalcitrant types out there uh, who might not wish to accept the fact that we've left the European Union. I wonder if there's any, any councils out there. I'm going to ask the, the, the huge army of listeners we've got to tell us if you've seen any European flags being flown, because I wonder whether they have been told to have them, have them all... I know they're all taken down in London, certainly in central London, but I wonder if there's anywhere yeah. around the country where they're still flying the Euro flag. Well, I think they're flying, uh, I mean, you may not find this as part of the country, but they're still flying the Euro flag, I think, up in Edinburgh. Are you they? Know, um, yeah. No, I, I very much consider it to be part of the country because it's part of the United <laughs> Kingdom. And as I said earlier, uh, now that we know the SNP have decided to contact people individually about their views on um, on independence, vis-a-vis -vis the minister who's just resigned uh, after texting a 16-year-old boy, oh, you know, God, I'm not quite yeah. sure exactly where they're going with that. Yeah, I think I think that everything she touches turns to the opposite of gold yes. at the moment, uh, Miss uh, Miss Sturgeon. Yes, um, not not great. No, I know that they have been flying the flag, whether it's flying there today, but they have been flying the, the European flag up there. But as I, as I say, you know, I think we'll be having um, a, a league table of councils who who have flown the flag for Andrew and those who haven't, and it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. It'll be absolutely fantastic. I wouldn't be at all surprised if. 
you know, the guy that used, who's got this extraordinary title, that, which comes from that excellent TV program, Yes Minister, yeah. I sent another email saying, uh, on second thoughts, uh, let's not buy any flags. Yeah, please cancel that earlier yeah, email that I that sent one. you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Charles, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Charles Ray, former Royal Ledger of the Sun. I do need your help on this one, people, because I want to know from you, what have you seen being, uh, being flown out there flag-wise? Because I bet you any money, certainly if they're flying the European flag up in Scotland, uh, are they flying it anywhere else? 0344-499-1000 is the number. Don't forget, uh, we're live streaming on YouTube, we're live streaming on Facebook and Twitter, of course, as well. Because the list of dates under which we are supposedly flying flags is extraordinary. And I don't think if we did a straight kind of survey of our listeners right now, do you think that we should be flying the flag for Prince Andrew's birthday? I don't think anyone would say yes, would they? Birthday of the Duchess of Cambridge. I mean, that's Kate, right? Heir to the throne's wife. Eh, I suppose you might think about that. Birthday of the Countess of Wessex, right? That's Prince Edward's wife, isn't it? Why are we flying a flag for her? So Her Majesty's accession on the 6th of February. I don't mind that. Birthday of the Duke of York, definitely not. St David's Day uh, in Wales only. Um, I don't know why you would fly the, uh, the Union flag in Wales on St David's Day. Sure, you'd fly the Welsh flag, wouldn't you? Uh, Commonwealth Day, second Monday in March. St Patrick's Day. Why would you fly the Union Jack in, uh, in Ireland, in Belfast, of all places, on St. Patrick's Day? That seems to be a bad idea. A birthday of Her Majesty the Queen, fine. St. George's Day, fine. Official celebration of the birthday of Her Majesty, fine. Birthday of the Duke of Edinburgh? No, not so sure. Birthday of the Duke of Cambridge, that's Prince William. Not really. Birthday of the Duchess of Cornwall, that's Camilla. Why are we flying a flag for her, for God's sake? What is going on here? I need to know. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Loads more to do. Many more of you to talk to. So many of you want to get on today. We will try and get to all of you. 0344-499-1000. Obviously, the numbers on this show are going so bananas and big and bustling and boosted uh, by everything that we do here. The common, the home of common sense. Everybody wants to talk to us. and We will try and get to you, as many of you as we can. Meanwhile, there is a poll. Uh, should we fly the flag for Prince Andrew? Yes, 11%. Absolutely no way, 89%. I think that's a pretty uh, um, strong victory, I think, for those of us who believe in common sense and who do not believe uh, that Prince Andrew should have his uh, birthday celebrated by every town hall in the land. Thank you very much indeed. Let's talk to Simon Calder, though, a man uh, who we always turn to whenever we need sage advice on travelling around the world. He himself, I think, is in the United States of America. Uh, I think, Simon Calder, you're in uh, Florida. Very good morning to you. Uh, good morning from West Palm Beach. Nice. Um, it's a bit breezy here, Mike, um, and the temperature, I think, is possibly um, uh, only in the low 20s, no. but um, things are looking as though they're going to warm up a little bit later. So life isn't all bad. That's tremendous. And what are you doing in, uh, in that lovely part of Florida? Well, um, right. I, the, the thing is, Mike, you and I, I think, have something in common, which is that we don't really have a proper job. <laughs> so my job is to um, uh, make a film about um, uh, the this parts of Florida which um, most British people don't go to. So uh, West Palm Beach is certainly one of those. Um, just across the water from here is uh, Mar a Lago. I was going to say, not far Winter from old White Trump House. HQ, yeah. Yes, um, and it's quite interesting if you go and sort of have a have a gander, see what's going on. You get moved on quite quickly. You'll be surprised to learn. Yes, absolutely and, right. Uh, it, but, but life is good here. It's uh, uh, the the weather is um, perfect, I must say, and everything about uh, Florida in the in our winter is terrific. I think the things get turned around a bit in summer. I uh, I, I really get quite. Um, 
exercised about the number of British people who take children to Florida mm. in August. Yeah. And yes, I know there's lots of people putting their hands up right now simply because it's making them stand around in queues under the punishing uh, almost tropical sun, I think, is um, is unfair. But at this time of year, if you don't, if you yeah, don't happen to have a proper job or um, children in school or anything like that, then um, uh, there are worse places to there be are. than this. You, you'll come as no surprise to you. I used to spend quite a bit of time in, in that part of Florida. In fact, uh, I once doorstep Burt Reynolds, who who had a house uh, what? Uh, in a place called Jupiter Island, uh, but I couldn't doorstep it from, yes. the, from the front of the of the of the house because it was on a bit a massive busy road and he was behind yeah. a big wall. So we had to doorstep him from the back of the house in a boat. So I basically was on a boat yes. for an entire week, drinking beer, eating Subway sandwiches and watching for Burt Reynolds, who apparently wasn't even there. <laughs> um, uh, yes. Have you ever thought of trying to get a real job? I've just, just, well, just I mean, I had a great, I've got a great um, tan. I mean, I must admit, I'm not complaining. Anyway, let's, let's talk about the business of travelling, because we should start off really with the coronavirus. Travellers uh, should keep risks in perspective people are saying, because, you know, we know about the people who are now stuck on a cruise ship, not allowed to go out their cabins, which must be pretty torturous. Uh, we know about flight restrictions to China. Um, what, what else are you seeing happening? I'm seeing an awful lot of very upset people, Mike. Um, mm. So just um, woken up here, it's uh, now uh, 5.52 in the morning. Always worth it to talk to you, though. And um, here's somebody who's Thank just you. saying, uh, right, I'm going to um, I've got a book, trip booked later this month to Vietnam and Cambodia via Singapore at mm. the end of February. Should I stick with it or cancel in view of the virus issues in China? Well, that's, uh, from, from my point of view, that's just a really strange question. There's all manner of risks to worry about if you're going to Vietnam and Cambodia, starting with crossing the road. Genuinely, these places, particularly Vietnam, have absolutely atrocious road accident statistics. Um, it, you've, they've also got plenty of mosquitoes and mosquito-borne de diseases. Uh, you've got uh, dengue fever is very prevalent there, which um, is, first of all, very unpleasant and secondly, potentially fatal and on top of that um, rabies uh, many other diseases are a problem so it's almost as though i would say that person is saying well you know i'm, I'm a bit worried about being struck by lightning i'm <laughs> genuinely struggling to see and i'm sorry i'm not not mocking anybody but uh, if you look at the actual numbers involved at the moment, and um, I imagine by the end of February, it's absolutely terrible for the loved ones of people who's, who've lost their lives, in, in particularly in China. Mm. Um, but uh, every day that we're talking, you know, I, I think uh, uh, something like 170 people are dying, sadly, of uh, seasonal flu. Um, that, that's every day. So this is a worrying new virus. We should certainly keep uh, eyes on it and try and understand more. Mm. But um, it's got a mortality rate of 2%, um, which means that sadly one in 50 people who contract it dies. But they tend to be people with pre-existing medical conditions, older people, people who are just generally frail. So, so that's awful. People in that position should certainly think twice uh, before going to I would say mainland yeah. China, but everyone else, uh, just a matter of, of, of being concerned, being aware and practicing good travel hygiene, sure. which you should do anyway. Scrupulously wash your hands. Um, if anybody looks as though they're unwell, then stay away from them. It sounds blindingly obvious, but... Uh, but those are the steps to take. No, exactly and right. And, are, and are, are the travel companies kind of geared up for 
if things do get cancelled or things do go uh, get a bit worse, are they uh, going to be able to offer you the holiday another time of the year, or what, what are they doing? Well, uh, fortunately for, for the vast majority of people who um, travelling to that part of wor the world who are genuinely at some potential risk, and let's assume that the Foreign Office is right to warn against travel to mainland China, if you put a package holiday, it's very straightforward. If the holiday doesn't go ahead um, or is dramatically changed, then the company has to give you uh, your money back. And I've heard a few worrying stories from uh, various individual travellers saying they got phoned up, interestingly, not actually messaged or emailed or anything, because uh, that would then leave a, a, a paper trail, as it were, uh, by people saying, oh, yeah, if you don't um, continue with your cruise, even though it's not going to the country you wanted to go to, then you'll lose all your money. Absolute tosh. The uh, uh, if, if there's a significant change and you book your cruise and your flight together, then you have uh, lots and lots of rights. Um, the travel industry is taking a huge hit on this airline's Obviously, Cathay Pacific, the home airline of uh, Hong Kong, uh, taking taking is already um, given, I think, one third of its staff uh, unpaid leave. And by the time things settle down and we understand more about the virus, then uh, there will be a lot more damage to the travel industry. But as it always does, it will recover from this. I, I just make a plea that anybody who is now saying we booked eight months ago and now we don't want to go, um, I understand your anxieties, but next time, please don't book eight months in advance. Well, that's the other thing. Peak. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah, like to book, book holidays too, too far ahead anyway. I know lots of people do it because they need to book, say, time off or whatever, and they get a better deal if the farther ahead they do it. Um, and I can understand that during the, during the school holidays. But like you say, if it's off peak, if it's not during school holidays, you don't need to. Well, and I would dispute necessarily that you get a better deal by booking ahead. You certainly get told you'll get a better deal yes. by booking ahead. And people who are booking cruises for 2021, uh, no doubt will be told you're going to get amazing deals. Nobody else is ever going to get such a great uh, deal as you. Um, um, I would uh, say, well, I'm not really sure about that, particularly if you take your chances, if you are confident that there will be availability nearer the time, really just uh, uh, relax. Um, going to Australia, for example, um, next time I go there, I'll book, well, I was going to say on the day, I'd, I'd probably get booked the day before for a flight to Australia. You've got no idea what risks are coming down the line, what changes at home, at work or whatever. Um, and on a route like uh, London to Sydney, for example, I'm pretty confident I could look tomorrow and get a fare for under £700 return. Mm. Well um, done. All right, listen, Simon, delightful. Thank you so much for getting up so early to talk to us. There were a couple of other things we would have talked about. We'll catch you another time on that uh, because we want to talk a bit about, you know, travelling to Europe after uh, the end of this year, of course, because uh, it may well be that visas are required and all of that. But Simon's your man. Uh, he will tell you what you need to do and when you need to do it. Uh, but the coronavirus situation uh, doesn't seem like it's going anywhere anytime soon. Coming up in the next hour, we're going to be talking uh, to our favourite man from the uh, Henry, Henry Jackson Society, Dr. Raki Bessan. Uh, he's the man that knows all about the radicalisation of young Muslim men, uh, what you can do to de-radicalise them as well. We'll take loads of your calls too. This is Talk Radio. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.
Welcome back to the Independent Republican, Mike Graham. We are in the company of Dr. Rakib Hassan, Research Fellow at the Henry Jackson Society. We've been talking about uh, how to de-radicalise some of these people uh, who have been radicalised in prison. Uh, there's a piece in the Times today from a guy uh, who says that basically prison staff are now worried that there might be some kind of proper outbreak of violence and they fear being beheaded on camera, which is an absolutely dreadful Stunning. situation, isn't it? Let's go to the phone, though. A few of you want to talk to us. 0344 499 1000. Peter uh, is in Wimbledon. Hi, Peter. Hi there. How are you doing? What do you want to say? Yeah, yeah great. I just, I just wonder sometimes, you know, Mike. You know, what, what do you, what do you eat for breakfast in the morning? Because there's so much nonsense. What do I eat for breakfast? Of... Why is yeah, that? Why do you want to know what I eat for breakfast? Because there's so much nonsense coming out of your mouth every morning. <laughs> you just mentioned this morning. You said, "Oh, what can we do to help Boris Johnson to look up criminals and defeat this lefty lawyers?" That's not what I said. Well, no. you understand that? No, that's not what I said. What did you say then? I said that we need to keep people in who are dangerous rather than letting them out on the street. He would like to change the laws in order to do that. There are people who would like to stop him from doing that. Well, so how can lefty lawyers influence uh, Tory governments to pass the laws? Can you explain that? Well, because lefty lawyers are the people who run the legal business, OK? Now, the former Lord Chancellor, uh, a guy who sits in the House of Lords and is now a Lib Dem Lord, Lord Carlisle, he is a guy who has already said he believes that if Boris Johnson tries to do anything like that, it will be unlawful, and he will challenge it in a court of law. That, to me, says he's trying to stop it. Well, our executive powers belongs to our prime minister, our government. We had a Tory government for over ten, almost ten years now, yeah. And apparently, the laws they pass ain't good enough, and we're going to blame it on lefty lawyers. Seriously, yeah, well, on, actually, mate. no, you, you Peter, that. you're not that stupid, are you? You know, well, for not, example. Yeah, neither you are. No, the point, are. the point is you this. You must be holding your listeners out of contempt by spouting this utter nonsense. I hold nobody in contempt, Peter, unlike you. Here's the, here's the point. The reason that the Tory party have not been able to pass these kinds of laws in the past is, one, for the part of the last ten years you're talking about, quite a significant number of that was a coalition government with the Liberal Democrats. The other part, uh, when Theresa May was in charge, was when she had absolutely hardly any majority at all to do anything. So, you know, it's only now that they've got the majority. It is still the case that the, 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 the Court of Human Rights could be brought into effect and that could in some way influence whether or not Boris Johnson is able to do what he wants to do. It's a simple statement of fact. Well, we, we, UK has signature with the European Court of Human Rights yes. anyway, regardless of, of, of whatever happens, you know, whatever government we have in the line, yes, either Lib Dems or, or Labour or, or Tories. But, you know, your statement about defeating lefty lawyers is, is we, we have to operate within a, within a letter of the law. And that law is set out by our government, which is Tory government, and interpreted by our judges. Well, you saw and what happened in the Supreme person. Court, didn't you, when they prorogued Parliament? Well, that, they've done the right thing. Exactly what. Well, you don't think that that was you don't think that was lefty lawyers preventing the government from doing what they wanted. Well, it has to do with lefty or righty, just government. All oh, right. Legal thing. Oh, so, so was, Baroness Hale, who then later went on to wear the old spider brooch and make fun of <laughs> Boris Johnson and make 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 sure that she knew that everybody knew she was a Remainer. Uh, you didn't think that was a bit of act oh. of a lefty lawyer? Really, spider brooch, come on. Like, the thing is, everyone knows in this world, and everyone, including yourself, know that whatever what Boris Johnson has done and the UK government has done by proroguing parliament was unlawful. And there's been... There's been no, everybody doesn't everyone. know you that, still, because, still, you, because if everybody... No, because if... It's, I'm it's not bleating about it, Peter. I'm just giving you evidence of what my argument is. Rakeem, why don't you uh, join I, mean, I think Peter just needs to... He needs to relax a little bit. Yeah, I, so. I, I mean, to be honest, I'd be quite interested to know what he had for breakfast. Yeah, yeah. What did you have for breakfast, Peter? Poached eggs, is that right? Poached eggs, very oh, nice. No, giving, giving you a serious, a serious energy there. Yeah, very uh, much so. Peter, 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 Peter. Listen, after, in in the aftermath of the circumstances surrounded the London Bridge terrorist attack in the build up to the general election, 
and after what happened with um, in Streatham. Do you not think that the government should at least try and make some efforts, efforts to better prioritise public safety and national security? Surely that's a good Absolute, thing. Absolutely. Totally agree. And I think it's priority of every government to keep, keep people of their country safe. Absolutely. And there is no doubt about it. But what I'm, what I'm against is statements what Mike's making in the morning, blaming it on lefty lawyers. And nothing to do with lefty lawyers. Lawyers only defend defendants in court. Of course they do. I just interpret the I'll law. Read, have you got, another hand, have you got any other Hans Christian Andersen books, Peter, you could read out to us? You know? but, uh, Peter, if I could just ask, if you just, just focus on the, you know, if you just focus on the <laughs> le- legal sector more generally, do you not feel that all too often that they have tended to prioritise the individual human rights of people who have broken... Who have, who have broken the law, people who do pose a fundamental threat to public safety. Do you not think that's the case? What's the case? They, so, they, so they, they, do, they... do you not think there's a problematic culture there that when we're looking at the political classes and uh, at the, top, at the, the top end of the legal profession, which often there is a, a fundamental overlap between the two, do you not think that instinctively or too often that they do not prioritise public safety and national security enough? Would you agree with that? Well, their job is to interpret the law and the job of the judges to take both sides to the view, to the count, and pass the judgment. And the thing is that if we think that our law is not good enough to protect our public... I think somebody backing into your house, but, Peter. But, 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 Peter, there's been a great deal of judicial activism where that, that a, a number of... Uh, a number of prisoners who have been convicted of a spate of terrorism-related offences, right. they've had their sentences oh, yeah. shortened. Also, what about Do you not think lawyers? that's an unhealthy right, case Peter, of judicial what, activism? What about all these human rights lawyers, Peter, who take uh, the government to court so that they can get compensation for terrorists? What about them? You think they're well, not lefty is, lawyers? If, look, guys, if, if someone's been released from prison earlier, yeah, this only happens because our legal system allows it to happen. It's not lawyers' fault that someone's been released from prison earlier. Judges pass the sentence and they'll set up the minimum. No, it's time. the lawyers' fault that this is no, the, no, no, the interpretation. But Peter, you're, of what Peter, you're completely Let's ignoring of, the role of judicial of activism. Let's get rid of Peter. We've had enough of him. Uh, he needs to go and read some more Hans Christian Andersen because, <laughs> you know, here's the thing most of the lawyers in this country are left leaning, right? I had a row with a barrister the other night because we were having a discussion on this show about whether or not it was a good idea to, to talk about the death penalty being brought back for certain terrorist offences, right? Now, this guy, as far as he was concerned, said we shouldn't even be discussing this subject because it's too no, barbaric. Listen, listen, that, that, now, that, anyone who says to me you can't discuss something is already, to me, the fascist. Listen, this is this is a free country. Yeah. It, is, it is up for discussion. And the reality of the matter is, if the public do not have sufficient com- confidence in the existing sentencing structures... Yeah then there might be a backlash to that. For example, there might be a spike in support for the death penalty. Well, I'll tell you what, if this happens again, if anybody else gets released early, if this guy, for example, yeah, Mohammed Zahir, Zahir Khan, Khan, in three if he weeks gets time, out early uh, on February the 28th... Who promoted he, the view that Shia Muslims right, should be burned to life. And he comes out and he's found stabbing people in a street because that's what he wants to do. There's going to be hell to pay. And people are not going to be happy to be just told, oh, don't worry, we're working on it, because that's not going to be good enough anymore. I think, just just going back to Peter, you know, mm. com- completely bonkers individual, he does ignore, ignore the role of judicial activism yeah. when it comes to making, you know, when, for example, the shorter, the shortening of sentences right. for people who, who have been convicted well, I mean, of a number of terrorism-related like offences. Right? He, he thinks the, the, the bad guy in the room is me, as opposed to the bloke with the knife mm. and stabbing people on London Bridge because he'd been released early because of a bunch of lefty lawyers. But Peter, thanks for calling. We do appreciate your call. We do not hold anybody here in contempt. You are allowed to air your views. All you've got to
going to do is call this number, 0344 499 1000. The only impediment to you getting on is how busy we are. It's as simple as that. Dr. Rakeem, thank you very much indeed, as ever. My pleasure. Great to see you. We'll see you again soon. Rakeem is from the Henry Jackson Society. Follow him on Twitter. He's got some really interesting things to say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham, right here on Talk Radio, Britain's fastest growing uh, radio station. In fact, the fastest growing radio station on the planet. We might as well say that. It's true. Uh, our numbers are up massively once again. Thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, and thank you to all the people who've contributed uh, over time to our success. And I've got two people here uh, who I'm going to claim uh, have indeed contributed to the success of this show. Uh, it's Helena Nicklin, the wine bird, and Adrian Smith, uh, two out of three drinkers. Where is he? Oh, don't. Where is he? He's in the Caribbean. Is he? Yes. Yeah, it's just rude. That is On the rude. beach, living it up. Cocktails Ridiculous. in hand. Shocking. Do you not all have to go everywhere together, don't they? Well, turns out no. <laughs> Thank I don't God. Think Thank would we God. want that? Would we want to be attached by the hip at all times? Probably not. No. <laughs> you probably need a little uh, bit of me time, perhaps. Now, you've yes. come. Now, we were supposed to do this last week. Unfortunately uh, for me, I wasn't well. Uh, so, actually, I'm fine now. You'll be glad to hear. I've managed to infect my entire family. Oh, well uh, Who are all in Sussex and all uh, puking their guts up. But never mind. You know, what can you do? Um, you are here with some gin. Now, we would have been celebrating last Thursday leaving the European Union. Uh -huh. So I'm figuring this, this, today's celebration could just be for our massive success on the radio show. Well, quite. Or unless you've got something better to celebrate. Well, so it was a little bit of everything, really. Sort of Englishness, of course. And, but we, because we were coming out of dry January, we thought we'd mm. show some things that were dry that aren't necessarily that kind of dry. No, that's very good. I, of course, did not partake of dry January, as you might expect, because there isn't really any point. Although I have now issued myself with a new dictum. Um, I've decided that um, I'm only now going to have one bottle of wine at home. So when I, whatever, because the trouble is, right, my problem is not so much the drinking when I'm out, it's the drinking when I get home. Oh, same. Sometimes. Yeah. And you know how you open a bottle of red wine and you did a bit of cooking and, you know, suddenly you finish the bottle of red wine and you open another one. So I've decided that for, for the rest of this, certainly the rest of this month, I'm going to just try and do one only, regardless of, of, what, of what else is going on. I moderation. think drink less but better yes. is a mentality that I try to live by. So mm. getting better stuff but just drinking yes. less frequently yeah. and then introducing some other stuff into the mix as well, like what we're going to show you today, right. which is actually some non-alcoholic stuff. Oh, really? And it's a real mixture. It mm -hmm. is, isn't it? And I think that, you know, Helen and I are both saying that there are quite a lot of non-alcoholic things on the market right now, but only a small handful of them are actually good. Mm. So, There's some very good, I'll tell you what I have found recently, some very good now non-alcoholic lager, which oh, actually yes. tastes really good. Which ones do you like? Um, I think I had some um, Heineken, which wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, and I had another one, uh, maybe which I can't remember. It wasn't Estrella, though, because I don't yeah. think Estrella have quite was got it Was Lucky yet. Saint? That's really good. Mm, can't remember. But I had it in a bar somewhere when I was driving, and I just thought, I'm just going to not even bother. I'll just have a non-alcoholic one. Mm -hmm. And it was really good. It was really tasty, mm. you know. And for a long time, that wasn't the case. No, well, I mean, absolutely agree with you. When I had my two babies, there was nothing. It was mm. really, really, really boring. Yeah. But and we've So chosen... what have we here? Yeah, so we've got a couple of non-alcoholic things, okay. like a, a gin sort of alternative and a wine spritzer sort of okay. alternative. Then we've got what is a small gin, which is real gin. Right. But it's so concentrated, you don't need very much of it. In fact, they, they, they serve it with a thimble. They give you a oh, thimble. Really? Because wow. that is enough to make a proper gin and tonic. Okay. Yeah. And so instead of, say, filling the glass 
you're going to get, you know, you're going to go, no, you're not meant to do that, like halfway <laughs> up with gin, right? Well, because I lived in New York, and so, you yeah. know, in New York bars where they're pouring, you're going, you know, I used to drink vodka and grapefruit juice, and it was literally like half yeah. the tumbler was vodka. Well, exactly. But the point is with this is that it's so, those botanical flavours are so strong, you wouldn't want to do that. Okay. And you apparently you don't really notice, but let's try. All right, so is this, what is this you've given me? Well, this one is called acorn. Okay. So acorn is very interesting. So have a little sip of this before, right. before I tell you anything about what it's about. For me, this has almost like Negroni mm. flavours to mm. it. I put a bit of tonic in there now. Smoky as well. It's smoky. Mm. It's, it's quite aromatic. So this mm. is called acorn aromatic and okay. this is made from 100% English grapes. Okay. So we've got Chardonnay. I you say acorns for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> well, Which you would, would be a neat trick. Absolutely. I wonder what milk, that would taste like, actually. milked an acorn? I've not milked an acorn, Let's Helena. Not Sorry, yet. no. <laughs> but, so, so it doesn't this, sound this is, right, that. No, it doesn't. Apologies. <laughs> but in here, we've got these grapes, and essentially, it gives you that wonderful aromatic flavour to it. Mm. They've also got some herbs, some roots, and some other botanicals in there. Are okay. they the same grapes as the champagne grapes? So you were saying That's Pinot Noir. True. What are the other ones? Uh, so Pinot you've got Minier, in, in these. Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. So it's exactly the same as uh, champagne. Yeah. So this is a champagne-y sort of drink that you've given me. Mm. Rather than it's, a... it's wine-based. Do they say that you can actually have this ever by itself? Because it is quite winey, isn't it? Yes, I'd say that stick a I couple mean, it tastes of... like a cocktail to me. Yeah. Yes, and that's that's it. You, right. If this was poured for you, and I'd never told you that there was no alcohol in there, you'd probably think that there was alcohol in there. Yeah. And That'd that's be really wonder. nice in the summer, wouldn't it? Yeah, oh. you know. with a load of vodka in it. No, don't say that. No, no, no. You, no. you could though, presumably. What I like about things like this, I, I it took me a real long time to get into the non-alcoholic stuff, but it, yeah. that stops me opening the bottle of wine because it just gives me that bitterness, the kick to. Well, sort I think of you've hit on enough. something interesting here for a lot of people because I think it's the length of time that you would you would perhaps be drinking that needs to you know be perhaps edited in some way you know because I mean last Friday for example I had to go out because there was you know the Brexit celebrations I was invited to a party which I had to go to at 11 o'clock at night and I thought well the best thing for me to do is not to start drinking too early so I started at about half eight mm -hmm. with some gin and tonic funnily enough because I thought I couldn't really face any wine or beer and I had a few gin and tonics and that absolutely set me up for the night and it was fine mm. you know I enjoyed it yes super mm. so that's number two. Number two. So, so number two. So you want me to taste it first? Taste it first, yeah. Absolutely. Should we do an alcoholic or non-alcoholic? Yes, I think we should. Yeah. Dropping things all over the floor <laughs> what are you now. doing? Mm. It's been on the gin. Now, way. this is a different colour. The first one, for those of you who are not watching the live stream, uh, is a sort of, you know, I guess a sort of purpley type, um, strawberry type mm -hmm. colour. This is more yellow, isn't it? More pineapple-y, I suppose. It is a little more pineapple-y. What do you taste in there when you have a sip? Is this um, is this another cocktail that's not a cocktail in the sense that it's wine? Do you think it has alcohol in it or not? Um, no. Okay. Well, I can tell you that this is, in fact, another non-alcoholic drink. Yeah, and this it? one is called Everleaf. Okay. It's and my so, first time with this one. Is mm. it your first time? It is. Yeah, what nice. do you think? Are you liking it? I like it. Mm. It's got that bitterness again mm. that you kind of like crave. It. Actually, yes, it reminds me of Angostura bitters. Mm. It feels as though it's got Angostura bitters in it. Mm. I used to drink, funnily enough, when I was a kid... And I used to play a lot of golf at this golf course, but I used to have a drink all day. I think it was a hillbilly. And it was Angostura bitters, um, grapefruit juice, and um, soda water. And it was really refreshing. Mm. Beautiful. This tastes a bit like that. Well, yeah. this, this has got Madagascan vanilla, real Madagascan vanilla. It's got vetiver in it. It's got saffron and orange blossom. Mm. Oh, I, I saw something that said voodoo lily as well. I have no idea what that, I don't is. Know what that is. Sounds like a person. It does. But I think it's a plant. It's because this is plant based as opposed to it's the grape. Oh, does that make it vegan then? Probably. Yeah. It could do. Could yeah. well do. Yeah. <laughs> Not oh. that that's going to make any difference to me. It's it will to a lot of people though, it's I guess. It's been charmed by voodoo lily as well. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Secret. Yeah, these are both lovely. Well, how do you put them together? Oh, give it a go. Yeah, let's see what I mean. This has never been done before, so let's have a look. Mm. Actually, it's all right. Do you know what? That works. You just made a cocktail. I just made a cocktail. (gasps) Well, she just made a cocktail. It's not the first cocktail I've ever made. (laughs) Talk radio across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.